friend, you're listening to Life Coach in Your Pocket with me, your certified life coach, Rachel Bailey. Each week, I'll bring you inspiration, motivation, and empowering learnings to help you navigate life's unexpected terrains. I believe that the more we know, the faster we grow. So each week, I'll be teaching high-level coaching concepts that you can apply to your real life. Here's to accomplishing big dreams, believing in your inner champion, and living a life filled with ease and joy. Like all navigational tools in the 21st century, I fit right in your pocket. I'm a life coach in your pocket. Happy listening! Welcome back for another episode. Hey guys. Hey Tasha. Hi. Jessa here. And we were talking about, you know, what would be a really good topic to produce right now. And this season can be a time of stress for some people. It could be a time of loneliness for some people. And it can be a time when you're just trying to navigate what you want your holidays to look like amidst a ton of other people's expectations, whether that be friends or family or coworkers, whatever, the people in your life that have their own agendas for the holiday season. So we were talking about, you know, how can we discuss these different things around honoring yourself and choosing your hope for the season, choosing what's right for you in the season while also navigating through these relationships. So with that, who would like to kick us off? <laughs> We're both <laughs> <Don't worry. laughs> Yeah, so I think that, you know, December is such a kind of magical time of year. People are starting to put up their Christmas lights and Christmas trees and there's just something about the month like even though the days are getting shorter, I feel like the spirits are sometimes getting brighter and I hope that that is the case for you. And I also understand that it might not be because like Rachel was saying, we have different energies all around us, different relationships, different commitments and how we prioritize those to us and what expectations we set around those is kind of ultimately going to determine how we go through this season and how we can have a sense of joy and hope and fulfillment through this season by protecting that energy that is important to you and just kind of being able to understand yourself in a way that you know what you can put up with, what you can deal with, what you're willing to adapt to, and where you basically draw the line and say, you know, this is my energy and I need to protect it. And you are, or something is putting that at risk and just being able to accept that and know that it's normal to kind of have to navigate through this, this holiday season. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that this is an area where I honestly feel I've grown a lot in. I think, um, and to use a word, which maybe each of us can give our own definition of this word, but for me, I feel like I've grown a lot in boundaries. And for me, the word boundaries means honoring myself, like really doing a self-check-in. 
How do I feel about this? Do I want to do, do this? Do I not want to do this? How can I get my needs met or get my wants met in a, any given situation? That idea did not exist in my world even five years ago. I had no concept of, do I actually want to do this or not? Um, and so if somebody would ask me to do something, I would. And I had no idea that the main reason why I was so miserable in my life was because I was never listening to myself. And I just felt like I had to meet everyone else's expectations. Um, it felt like a lot of pressure, to be honest. It felt like a lot of pressure. And it felt unnerving because I never knew what somebody's expectations were going to be. And so I, I felt like I was constantly walking on eggshells. Now, looking back now, I can articulate that. At that time, I had no idea why I had so much anxiety and I was so stressed out all the time. But looking back now, I'm like, because I felt this need to make sure everyone's expectations were met all the time. And that if they, those expectations were not met, that it was going to be catastrophic. Um, and I know that sounds really extreme, but that's honestly what my unconscious mind believed. Now I've done so much work that I honestly, my first thought is, do I want to do this? Yes or no. And there's no, I have no other, oh my God, is that person going to be mad? Do they want me to go? Da, da, da. I'm just like, I don't want to go. And sorry if that makes you feel weird. Like, I don't care. Um, we can talk about it. We, I can absolutely have an open conversation with you about how you feel about the way I'm showing up. And you're going to own those feelings because there's nothing I can do about it, honestly. That's been a long time journey of growth for me. I actually started with uh, the the book Boundaries by Dr. Henry Cloud. If you guys haven't read it, it is freaking phenomenal. I highly recommend. But um, what about you guys? What comes up for you when you think about holidays and family expectations, family gatherings? Like what's the first thing that comes up for you? For me, uh, the first thing that comes up is stress, <laughs> um, and joy. Like it's such a weird, like dichotomy of, of feelings inside because I freaking love the holidays. I like, I live for the last three months of the year, truly. Like I love decorating. I love the lights. I love the magic. I love the joy. I love genuinely spending time with my family. However, it's not always the easiest thing to do. Um, I, I'm kind of the black sheep of the family a little bit. I feel comfortable enough to say. And in being that, I butt heads with people sometimes because I don't necessarily always um, go with the flow. I'm like the family disruptor, I guess. <laughs> uh, and so I never really know what a holiday or a family event is going to bring. Um and so I do have that anxiety and I do feel like, um, 
I have to go into every event just being like, okay, cool. Like, and also too, like, I have also done a lot of work around this where I've had to break down the thing of like, I have been made to believe that I was the problem. Like I was the one that was always causing the thing, which in saying that I'm the disruptor, I guess it kind of sounds like I was, but I, I don't feel like I am the problem. I feel like there's, there is a problem and I am kind of, does that make sense that I'm kind of like a part? Yeah, that that? definitely makes sense. (laughs) Okay. I'm like, I don't know if I'm like explaining this correctly. Um, So I've had to do a lot of work around the fact of like releasing the shame and blame on myself that I am not like, I am not the problem. Um, However, like, obviously I have like control over my actions. And also like, it's really important for me to stand up for myself when I feel like I need to, when I feel like there is some justice that needs to be had. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, it's, it's really difficult, honestly. Um, because I have like this really big high of loving the holidays and really wanting a family gathering to go really well and to feel that joy and that love and just be happy all the time. And then, you know, it doesn't necessarily go that way all the time. And having to deal with that reality is, is really difficult. Um, I don't know that I have mastered how to even deal with that at all, to be honest with you. I think um, as I'm getting older, I am noticing more of of my boundaries, like you were talking about earlier. So for my definition, I, I feel like a kind of a weird um, relationship with the word boundaries because... I understand the use of boundaries of having to, so in, in my mind, the definition of boundaries is, um, kind of putting up a wall, I guess, is what like I initially think Mm -hmm. is putting up a wall of you cannot cross this path to get to me. Like I, it, this exists, like there's this fence here and you're not going to cross it anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, which in, in using that definition, I see obviously a lot of value of protecting yourself, of standing up for yourself. Um, but as we were kind of discussing before we started recording, there is a lot of room for, um, I don't know, just miscommunication in that. I feel like there's a lot of room of, so personally, um, the way that I have kind of encountered boundaries in the past, um, most recently is with an old friend of mine. Um, she started going to therapy kind of, um, not all of a sudden, but she started going to therapy and started talking about you know, bringing boundaries into the friendship, which I was, you know, encouraging and cool, great for you. Um, And, but it started to be like boundary after boundary after boundary after boundary that she was setting in our friendship. And I was eventually like, cool. So what am I allowed to do? Like, what am I allowed to say? How am I allowed to be a friend to you? Um, And that ended up kind of ending our friendship. Our, our friendship became this boundary battleground as I like refer to it. Um, 
because, you know, as she was setting these boundaries, I was like, okay, well, I guess, cool. I'm going to be honest with you about how I feel that this. And so instead of us like having these conversations of how can we flesh this out, it became this thing of we're putting so many walls up between ourselves that eventually at the end of that, we're like, cool, you're like two miles away. I'm two miles away this way. We're living different lives now. Like we're not allowed to have this friendship anymore. Cause we've like, you know, just put up so many boundaries that we're like, cool. See ya. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. No, I like, I love that we're having this conversation because I always in my head, when I use the word boundary, I'm meaning as a toward, as a way to just honor myself. Very rarely is a boundary to me confronting somebody about their behavior. Usually it's me just asking like, do I want to do that or not? Mm, Nah. Um, that's what I mean by boundaries is just like having an internal check of like, am I for this or not? And I also realize that some people mean boundaries to mean like, you cannot cross this line. Or if you're five minutes late, I'm out of here. Um, and that isn't a healthy boundary as we will discuss and get into. That's actually a form of manipulation and control. And as people start piling on boundary after boundary, after boundary, after boundary, it's their way of, as you said, Jess, of trying to protect themselves, of trying to control the situation rather than going inward and saying, why was I so upset that they were five minutes late? How was that a problem for me? What would, what situation did that remind me of? What need wasn't met? And having that conversation of, hey, you might not have meant to be disrespectful when you were five minutes late, but it kind of sent a message to me that you were being disrespectful. And I'm only using that example because I'm always five minutes late to our meetings. <laughs> so hopefully you guys are not disrespected by that. I apologize. No. But it's just a simple example of like, are you going to be like boundary relationship over or do not cross this line versus, Hey, can we have an open communication about how I'm perceiving this interaction and and what we could do different. And some people will be willing to have those conversations with you and some people won't. And that's when you, I usually, that is the only time where I'm like, okay, cool. We're not your, there's no room for you in my life is when someone is that inflexible and unwilling to talk and have an open line of communication, then I'm not willing to, but that is me honoring myself. To me, that's a toward boundary of like, eh, not worth the energy then. Cool. I have fun, have a fun life. And I, and I mean that, I don't mean that in a mean way, but it's like, yeah, enjoy your life. I will enjoy mine. This isn't going to work out. Right. And it totally makes sense. And you totally deserve to honor yourself that way. Because once you start building up these boundaries and you start building these boundary walls so high, you're building them to a point where that you can't see the outside world and recognize what's going on. Then at that point, the only option you have is to look inward and say to yourself, like, what is affecting me so deeply that I have built all these walls so high that now I have all these boundaries but I have been so rigid in them that I have now a fortress around me and I'm unwilling to adapt, to let people in, to lower the drawbridge. I just have 
the fortress around me where I can't see what's happening around the outside world. Right. Well, and because of that, you're not allowing yourself to like have any fluid communication because your walls are so big. As you guys were talking about that, I was like, wow, in my view of kind of how we're explaining how people use boundaries. And I think this is probably why I have such a weird relationship with it because it's been used on me in this way. It feels very passive aggressive. It feels very much like instead of having a conversation with you about how I feel and about like fixing this situation or just conversing about it, I'm going to put this wall up and you're not allowed to cross it and we're not allowed to talk about Mm it. And you're not like, there's no movement here. Like to me, that's very passive aggressive as we're like all like sitting here talking about it. Um, Yeah. I don't like boundaries as we're like fleshing this out, like I'm not a fan of it. And I know there are different, like, um, different definitions. I know as you were saying, Rach, like, obviously we all feel differently about whether it is a towards or it's like, obviously because of my, um, experiences with it, of course, I'm going to have like this feeling of, uh, I don't like it. Um, Mm -hmm. but I think too, kind of, as we were talking before we started recording, like it really depends on what that definition is to you. Because when I think of putting up a boundary for myself, I am immediately, like I said, like that wall. Whereas obviously you were like, either like, let's talk about this or. I have a great, a great example that I like an actual concrete example. So I had a client a while ago that would text me at like nine or 10 o'clock at night, often, not like once in a while, like every night, nine or 10 o'clock at night. And for a while I was like responding because it was normally like we'd have a session the next day, or she was asking me a question about her homework or whatever. And then I kind of realized like, this isn't working for me. Like I need to turn off. So the away from boundary person would have told the client, you are not allowed to text me at nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. that's an away from boundary. And that's like slapping someone on the wrist, which is, mm-hmm. I think what you're saying just as like, yes, I hate yes. that. So what I did instead was I just told her, um, my boundary, which was, you can text me anytime you want. I'm not going to respond until my working hours the next day. Cause that mm-hmm. to me is like, now she knows, Hey, mm-hmm. feel free to get it out if you need to send it to me. And I'm not going to read it or respond to it until I'm ready. That to me is a toward boundary. Totally. I'm not smacking her on the wrist. I'm not shaming her. I'm not saying you cannot do X, Y, Z. I'm just saying, yeah, you do X, Y, Z all you want. This is how I'm going to respond in that situation. And I think to me, that's what boundary means. Like my family can be crazy all they want and I'll respond however I want to. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to tell my family, you cannot drink on Thanksgiving. That's unacceptable. It's like, well, if I'm uncomfortable with it, I could leave. That's my Mm -hmm. choice. What are my empowerment choices? That's how I see boundaries. It's not trying to like control people, but okay, Mm -hmm. you're going to do that. Then I'm going to do this. I love that. This is really opening like the whole, it's also like shedding so much light on (laughs) past experiences, but like opening my eyes to 
Yeah, the different, because even like I was saying with, um, with my relationship with, you know, my family during the holidays and things like that, it is so much about how I am showing up and how I am responding to the situation rather than just reacting to whatever it is that I feel like is an injustice or whatever. (laughs) I feel like I'm like super, like I show up to my holiday parties as like justice woman and I'm like, (laughs) justice must be done. You know what I'm thinking, Jessa, is I Mm -hmm. think you're actually an Enneagram eight. I think you've mistyped yourself. Oh my God. I feel, okay. I've been a one, I've been a four, now I'm an eight. I'm just all of them. But actually, now that I've said that, I totally can see. Can you see that, Tash? Eight is the challenger. What the eight is is like eight yeah. is the challenger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that may, I see it. Yeah, yeah. I, see that. <laughs> I think you're an eight with a. I think you're an eight with a wing nine. Yeah, because you always want the peaceful solution, and I think like what you were saying it makes a lot of sense. Like just because you are the one to see the problem doesn't mean the problem doesn't exist. Like the problem is there and only just because your eyes are the only ones open to it doesn't mean that like you should be put in a place where you have to think differently about that problem. Like you are here being your beautiful, unique self, seeing problems that others don't see and bringing light to them, which is, you know, what changes the world in the end, right? Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, I think too, as you were saying that, I also made the connection that as you were saying earlier, Rach, or maybe that was before the, um, the, we were recording. Yes. (laughs) Before (laughs) we were recording that, um, I, I'm totally fine with confrontation. My entire family is like, everything is hush hush. There's never a confrontation. There's never anything. Everything always has to appear as if, you know, everything's fine and dandy. And I'm the only person in the family who is willing always, I'm always ready for battle. Like I'm always ready because for me, especially in doing this work, I'm like, let's just get this out in the air. Like, let's just deal with the shit so that we can be happy going forward. And my family does not (laughs) feel that way. They like to bury their shit way down deep. Okay. So that was me. I was the person who would prefer to bury it down and not talk about it and not look at it. And um, have some semblance of peace, even if there was things underneath the surface. Um, Mm. that was me because I had been raised in an environment where I was not allowed to challenge ever. Mm. I was not allowed to have a differing opinion at all. And so Mm -hmm. for me to have people in my life that were challengers and I have several of them in my, on my mom's side of the family that are like, Hey, this is the situation. This is the deal. We need to talk. I, that used to give me a lot of anxiety. Mm -hmm. Now that isn't their fault and it isn't, it's not their problem that I have anxiety around that. That was my issue to fix. So I had to go inward and be like, why does this person (laughs) trigger me so much or bring me anxiety oh, it's because I'm not okay with confrontation. And something about confrontation 
is valuable to them. They're valuing something different. They're valuing having things out in the open, having things exposed, dealing with things, justice, whatever it is. And I was valuing just leave me alone. I just want things to be quiet. (laughs) (laughs) And now that I've done a lot of internal work on myself, I have no issue with confrontation. Other people in my family do like there's a couple of challengers in my family on my mom's side. And they'll just straight up say, we need to talk. I am not okay with X, Y, Z. Um, I do not appreciate da, 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 da. And I'm totally okay with that now. Now, other family members are like, why does she always have something to say every single holiday? And I'm like, because she just wants to get it out in the open and get it over with. And then we can move on. And I actually appreciate that because now I know this person I'm thinking of, if she does come to me and says, I've got beef or we need to talk or I don't appreciate this, at least I know. At least she's not going behind my back and telling everybody what a screw up I am because I dropped the ball. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. I actually do value that face-to-face confrontation so much more than I used to. You just reminded me, like, I feel like I was like dropped into your life for a moment. You reminded me so much of my sister-in-law. She's like, she's the only person that is not blood related to the family that has come in and been like my cheerleader. She's like, um, yeah, you're like the only sane one in the family that can like say, and anyway, like, anyway, sorry, Kayla. (laughs) I love you so much. No, I love it. I because, you know, sometimes you can't when you're in your own family, especially like your your unit family, you're it's very difficult to navigate the issues or to see like what's just in my head, what's real, what's healthy, what's unhealthy, what am I contributing, what am I not contributing? And I definitely yeah, when my husband was first married to me, he was like, "What is all of that?" show what is that (laughs) and I was like yeah um don't worry about it (laughs) yeah (laughs) you'll figure it out (laughs) but um yeah my husband is more that way too like let's challenge the situation and I'm just more like no because not because I don't appreciate what he has to say around like so-and-so and so-and-so are being unhealthy right now and I'm just like yes and who cares like they're gonna live their life like that and I'm not I don't want to spend the energy on it anymore I don't yeah. care if they want to be unhealthy for the rest of their life I'm sorry if that sounds whatever however it sounds I don't mean it as me being defeated or um not caring about them it's just like what they're going to live their life and I'm going to live mine. Yeah. No, what it sounds like to me is that like you are on a different level of like, (laughs) (laughs) let them do them. I'll do me like, and not be bothered. Whereas I'm like, Oh, I need to like change you. (laughs) Like (laughs) I need to like stop your passive aggressive behavior. I need to change your way of thinking. So I I'm on the upward spiral though to to where you're, you're at though up there. Yeah. Well, I think in being in this work all the time, the life coaching work, you kind of come to a place where you're like, people have to want it. 
They have to mm-hmm. want to get healthy. And if they don't, there's no, I'm not going to waste my time or energy trying to drag them along to the path of healing. Um, they're either going to sprint alongside me or they're not. And that's fine. Like I have to stop caring so much because a lot of people are not going to be willing to, to take the hike, to take the journey. And it used to really bother me. Let me be clear. It's not like, oh, I just, you know, I, I was arrived already. No, my very first year as a life coach was rough because I took every single thing personally. If my clients weren't getting results, I was taking it personally. If they weren't doing their work, I was taking it personally. I was getting frustrated. And then I just came to a point where I was like, well, they're either going to do it or they're not. I'm telling them how to do it and what to do and how to take the strides. And that's what they're paying me for. And they're either going to want it or not want it at the end of the day. And if they don't want it, that's okay. And I'm not going to continue to take their money. They can go wait till they're ready. Yeah. Right. And I think like for me, I love your definition of boundaries. And in my past, I don't know if I fully understood boundaries And now I see boundaries kind of going hand in hand with expectations. So you can set expectations for yourself, like how am I going to show up? How am I going to act? And then that's like what you can control. And then boundaries are setting like around other people having expectations around like what they're going to do, how they're going to show up. That's like things that you can't really control. So those elements like shouldn't be really considered in setting your own boundaries because if you can't control it how can it be part of your boundaries so that's just kind of like what's coming up for me is that knowing that you can set your own expectations and believe how you want to show up and then are you following through with that showing up as that person so say for example you want to protect your protect your own energies by saying, okay, I expect to be treated with love and respect and like not be hated on. And if somebody shows up in a way that is disrespectful, hateful, and treating me in a way that I don't agree with, then that is my expectation that is not being met. I'm not being met with love and respect. And so I can react in a way that adapts to that situation. So For me, like, yeah, that's kind of how I see boundaries is like they go hand in hand with expectations. When you say expectations, Tash, you mean like just understanding people's expectations, whether positive or negative, like a neutral expectation? Yeah, like, I mean, our parents have expectations for us. Our friends have expectations for us. Society has expectations for us. Like, oh, you're almost 30 and you don't have kids yet? Like, who are you? Like, that's like a societal expectation. That- a millennial. <laughs> <laughs> that's like an expectation put out there by like society that like you have a husband and a family by the time you're 30. And if that is not being met, then like somehow you're not like living up to like society's standard and you can reject that and modify it and create your own expectation. 
saying like, I am a strong, independent woman who's almost 30 years old. I have health and love surrounding me. Like having that expectation rather than being like, I need to be pregnant. Like (laughs) having Mm -hmm. just knowing yourself and kind of understanding it really, really comes down to like tuning into that deep down place inside of you and listening, taking a moment, take a deep breath, and listen and just recognize what you're willing to put up with and what you're not willing to put up with. Yeah, 100%. And then I think the main takeaway for people is, no, you're not going to be able to control other people's behavior. That is a waste of your energy. So what you can do instead is go inward and, and have a plan of like, okay, If so-and-so or so-and-so shows up this way, I'm not going to be, you know, surprised. I'm going to have a plan. What are my choices? And I've had to do that. Um, Alex and I have a plan when we go to his house, when we go to his family's house. I won't go too much into detail because I don't think he'd appreciate that, but we have a plan. If so-and-so is this way or shows up like this or does this, we're going to leave. And that's okay. We don't have to get mad. We don't have to fight the situation. We don't have to try to get them help. We don't have to try to get them into rehab. It's just like, we've tried all that and it's your life. And if this is how you're going to show up, then we're going to leave. And that's our empowerment choice. And it just makes us feel safer to have a plan. So that's what I would say for everybody out there who's like, man, going over to that place makes me uncomfortable. It's like, okay. Don't try to fix everybody. And I'm saying that with love because I was the person that tried to fix everybody or fix everything. And it's exhausting and people need to want to change on their own. And if they don't want to change, they're not going to. Once you accept that, your life's a lot easier. So what are your empowerment choices? What would you like to do given X, Y, Z? For sure. I think like the idea of acceptance in general is one we could probably do an entire podcast on. Mm -hmm. Um, I know personally, like that's something that I have been really trying to focus on a lot recently is accepting what is, whether that be other people's actions towards me or my own actions, my own thoughts, my own limiting decisions, instead of um, let's say, I don't know, let's say that I'm trying to lose weight and, uh, I go to grab a bag of chips and every single time I go to grab a bag of chips, I'm like, no, 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 you're not supposed to want that. You're not supposed to want that. But instead of just going, looking at it and being like, okay, I do want this bag of chips and I'm going to choose now whether or not to have a little portion of that, to have the whole bag, to whatever. So it's like accepting what is instead of fighting against it and then making that decision moving forward of like, cool. So from this place, how do we then react? Yeah. We have this um, in coaching kind of, we present like opinions and facts and our side of things and we tell our clients uh, you can accept it, you can reject it, or you can modify it. Exactly. 
Exactly. And that's like, you know, that it's tried and true saying, like, accept the things that you cannot change. Um, mm-hmm. And that's sometimes like I used to think that was like surrender defeat. And it's like, yes, no, it's totally. Not, yeah. <laughs> but it's like, it's not surrender defeat. It's living your life easily and effortlessly. I feel like I'm so much more joyful now that I'm not so worried about everybody else. It's like, I'm going to, you do your thing, (laughs) whatever. I'm going to do my thing. We can get together and have a good time. And I'm going to honor myself in any given situation. You want to, whatever, text me at 10 o'clock at night, go for it. But I'm not going to respond, you know? And, And that to me is boundaries. It's what do I want to, sh- how do I want to show up at any given moment? That's me with boundaries. Yeah. yeah. That's a toward boundary. For sure. I dig it. I dig it. I feel <laughs> like that's like the perfect little bow. <laughs> Wrap it up with a yeah. bow. Boom. I was yeah. like thinking about um, like just accepting your reality around you and, you know, we just kind of accept that the sky is blue, but imagine you were colorblind and you're growing up and people are telling you that the sky is blue, the sky is blue. And you're like, what the frig are you talking about? It's purple. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just like being able to like, okay, I accept that everyone around me thinks the sky is blue, (laughs) but I am going to reject that because I see it as purple. <laughs> and you know that I, is like the modification that you can make inside and be like, okay, instead of beating myself up of saying, why don't I see the sky as blue? Just kind of like accepting that I see it differently and that's okay. Yeah. Um, that reminded me of was one, in one of our episodes, I think it was we talked about towards and away from goals. We also in that episode, I hope that's the right episode where we talked about values. Yes. And understanding values actually has brought me a lot of peace in my life because I can now just assume that people are showing up with their number one value everywhere they go. And there's nothing I can do about that. And it's fine. I was trying to explain this to my husband last night because he was upset with somebody at work. They're in a value struggle right now. They're in a power struggle. And he couldn't see that it was just differing values. He's like, they don't understand that it's got to be like this. It has to be this way. Like, this is the way that's, quote unquote, the right way to do it. And they're doing it wrong. And I'm like, would you consider the possibility that they're doing it right in their head? That they're making the best decision that they can with what they value and what they value is different than what you value. And you guys are bringing conflicting values to the same place. And that's what every single conflict is. Two differing values competing. So what do you do? You just understand that people are valued, whatever it is that they're valuing, peace and quiet versus confrontation. Let's stop looking at that as right and wrong and just start seeing it as, oh, we're just, we just have different values and that's okay. It's all right. I have some major work to do around this. <laughs> around that topic because I'm like, wow, thinking back to, you know, just different confrontations that I've had where I'm just like, how can that possibly be 
what they're valuing or, and maybe I'm not even seeing what it actually is. Mm -hmm. Like I'm seeing through my own perspective of, you know, like a yelling match or them reacting to something that I said and assuming that I know that they're what their value is. And maybe I have no idea. So there's definitely that. But as you were saying that, I was like, there's no way. No, I, I very much have a lot of work still to do on this situation, obviously. And even if you do have similar values or the same value, you can still miscommunicate around things because you have different information about whatever situation you're dealing with. So like the information that you have creates the lens that you see through layered on top of whatever you value. So all these layers of different lenses piling up on to each other makes it for a very intricate dynamic between people communicating. It's honestly a wonder that people can understand each other at all at any given time right? with the amount of layers of shit that we're all bringing to the table. It's really crazy, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) that any of us get along at all (laughs) right and that's why like the holiday season can be so challenging for some people because we have all these people coming together who might only see each other once a year during the holiday season and then all of a sudden you're not used to communicating with somebody who sees the world this way that has the lenses that they have and then you're presented with um, a topic where there is some disagreement and then you find yourselves in an argument because you're not understanding the way people or the other person is communicating. So I have to say that having this conversation has actually given me like quite a new lens and perspective of like showing up to my family holidays because it did always feel like there was some sort of war that I was going to, you know, like I was preparing for battle every single time. And if I just show up in a way that's like, I'm just here for a good time. I'm just Mm -hmm. here for the joy. I'm just here for the love and anything else that happens. Like I have to depend on my own response and my own respect for myself. Like I can't, I can't expect that everybody is going to respect me in the way that I wish to be respected. And if they don't, then I have to respect myself enough for the both of us to show up and act in a way that is respecting myself. Yeah. Brilliant. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, and everybody on the line, like, just consider the possibility that they have a different value system than you do. And maybe we could go more in depth on that if people are like, what? I don't remember that episode. What are they talking about? Different values. But I feel like we talked about that a little bit in the bonus episode, too, um, about the election. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So some people, like, I'm trying to think of, like, okay, in my family, Uh, my dad really values hard work. My mom really values fun. They have a hard time because they have 
that my dad's number one value is work and my mom's number one value is fun. Are they a three and a seven? (laughs) (laughs) Probably, probably. I'm not sure if my dad's a one or a three. I can't quite, he's probably a three. Um, And yes, my mother is a seven. So they've made it work because they're willing to see that the other person isn't quote unquote wrong or living their life wrong. It's just a different value. Yeah. Moving Moving away from that, like living right or wrong is definitely where you find more joy in your life. Yeah, exactly. And wait, what? I don't get that. Say that again. It like, so I've always viewed things as black and white, right and wrong, bad and good. And moving away from that dichotomy, the duality, um, I feel like I've found a lot more joy because that is just what we were saying earlier, like the acceptance of what is. So I'm not bad or good. I just am. Right. Right. And that's where I find my joy. Right. And what you value isn't right or wrong. What somebody else values isn't right or wrong. Just because they're not you doesn't mean they're wrong. It's just you guys are bringing different values to the table. And that can be sticky and messy sometimes. And when you just accept it and you're like, well, that's what you value. So I can accept that. Your life's going to be a lot more fun. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening to today's episode. We will see you next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Life Coach In Your Pocket. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, or if you're looking to get involved in one of my coaching programs, you can reach me directly at coachrachelbailey.com. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week.